Welcome to the Popular Pig Podcast, a convenient place where you can stay up to date on what's popular in the swine industry. By listening to Popular Pig, you will receive invaluable information on the latest trends, news, and research from various experts who guide the global pork industry. Popular Pig is brought to you by SwineTech, the award-winning creators of SmartGuard and PigFlow. To learn how PigFlow can help you streamline your workforce and reduce piglet and sow deaths, visit swinetechnologies.com. Popular Pig is also made possible by the National Pork Board, Intervention, Crystal Spring, Johnsonville Foods, High Pork Genetics, Minitube, Brenneman Pork, Swine Robotics, Innovative Heating, and PigEquipment.com, brought to you by American Resources. Today, we're going to try something a bit different. We're going to have a couple of co-hosts, and myself, Matthew Rota, and Chris Grant. And today we're going to talk about what's going on in the industry, what's going on with our lives. It's just going to be a little different, right, Chris? Sounds like it'll be fun, Matt. I look forward to this. As always. So I do want to start off by saying you've had quite the change in your life. Yeah, it's been a crazy last, well, I'd say last couple of weeks, but yeah. it's been. Can you a, tell us about what a, happened? Uh, most people, well, they might have actually seen already. Um, it's public knowledge. Um, we were actually acquired by a dividend-based company in Canada. Um, decisive dividend. It, but it closed about two weeks ago. Um, it's something we've been working on for about eighteen months. It's pretty exciting, actually. Um, yeah, it's. I've been basically carrying two jobs for about eighteen months. So, and as you know, it's a very long <laughs> process how this happens. So, um, first thing I want to let everybody know, though, is nothing changes. That was part of the whole deal. So. Um, basically Matt and I are still running everything completely, uh, top to bottom. And so that way, even on the employee side, nothing changes. So we're still out there with customers, still doing everything the exact same way. And it's just different ownership. Um, it was a different way to get more funds into the company to run it that way, instead of doing it like traditional raising capital, like what you guys have done in that. So, uh, Matt and I are still owners in a bigger company. Now they own 11 companies and they have an interesting model, man. It's uh, it's buy and grow these companies. They've never sold a company to date. So basically, yeah, it's a dividend-based company. So they take in all these companies, they buy them, they keep the exact same ownership and management group in, and then they continue growing. So it's a good way to get um, capital to new machinery, new products, move things forward faster. So super excited. It's, uh, yeah, very exciting last few weeks, but it's been a... It's been a roller coaster ride uh, for about the last six months for me. What's that ride like? That roller coaster that you yeah. go through of emotions oh, and uh, oh man, um, effort. So yeah, the only thing I can really—I've been trying to think about it. It's crazy. The only thing I can really put it into words with someone to put it together would be like—I'd say it's more like a relationship and marriage. Imagine this. So 18 months ago, you meet these people. It's like you're going on your first date. Hey, you're just chit-chatting. It's like your first date with your wife, right? Then it goes along and it gets more serious. And it's like you almost move in together. Everything's kind of public between you, uh, between the companies. And then it's like, at the end of the day, it's just, yeah, it's just a lot of, a lot of moving parts. You never realize how much um, goes into these things. I've been through them before um, with private equity, but this was a little different. Um, being front and center with a public corporation. So it's like they're straight on the, they're traded on the TSX. Um, so there's, a, there's nothing, they know everything about you. You know, everything about them. It was cool because we have to interview uh, eight 
companies that they acquired, the old owners, the managers, everything. So it was really neat hearing their story and that they're still working there. It's yeah. And then, so imagine you're doing this and uh, you're going through all this stuff and it comes right down to the last day and it's ready to close. And then it gets pushed off another day. So it's like, Oh my God. And that's what happened to us. So imagine (laughs) I'm sleeping like two hours a night trying to make sure everything is working. Now I've got to talk to employees and everything's good on that side. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, it's supposed to close and gets held up in lawyers' hands and it doesn't close. And it's the next day. So, and then when it finally happened, it's like, do you know when you got, um, you know, when you got married the next, the day after your marriage, you wake up in the morning and you're kind of like, wow, it's a whirlwind. And what just happened the last leading up to everything, all the, the stress and everything that happens. And then all of a sudden it's like this big, whoo, well, what are we doing now? Kind of thing. So yeah, that was what it, it felt like waking up on that Wednesday morning. I was like, okay, what just happened here? So yeah. You're aligning it with marriage. So what's it like getting proposed to and now yeah. being married with 11 other wives? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> and canceled. <No. laughs> oh man. It was pretty cool. So we actually, one of the funny stories is I talked to one of the original companies they acquired like six years ago, seven, no, six, seven years ago. It's pretty funny. They never told any of their employees that they were being acquired or anything happened. And it took them about two and a half, three years that one of their employees and some of the employees came into them and talked to them about it and said, Hey, I heard we, there's a chance we'll be acquired or someone owns part of us. Or they go, the ownership group says, it goes, oh, that happened three years ago. <laughs> so it really shows like these guys, the guys at the size, they were really good about this is that they're really in the background. Um, I've had, since it's happened in two weeks, I've had minimal contact with them. I sent them a message saying, Hey, I've got this going on, this going on. I'm traveling here. And they're like, yeah, go ahead. It's your company. You're still running it. It's just, it, yeah, just, just yeah. different ownership. That's all it is. So that's it's nice. Like, yeah. It's, so it's kind of a, it's a different look than when I went through private equity before where it's like, you're just, you're getting ripped in a hundred different directions and that. Um, these guys, yeah, as I said, they've only bought companies. They've never sold any and they just grow their business that way. So yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty cool. Um, the guys, the guys are great, uh, to deal with, um, on that side, Matt and I are just really excited for the next stages. It's really going to help us move some products forward, um, faster. Some of this, um, companies they own, they're in some steel manufacturing and some cooling sides. Some, it's really cool on that side because it's really going to, do we have a Hogarth barn coming? Yeah, I don't think that anybody wants to see that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that, that would be dangerous. Very That'd dangerous. dangerous. So, very dangerous. So, yeah, it's just, I think some of the synergies that will happen with our company um, will be great. The cool part is, is that our employees, like, you know me, I'm, I'm all about the employees. I'm all about the people. Is Our employees now can actually own part of the company. So there's an employee stock purchase plan for all, every employee, whether it's all the companies they own. So everybody can actually put part of their income as part of the company. So that was pretty cool. Um, When we announced it, Matt and I announced to the people, all our staff, and it was really cool talking to our, uh, our engineers after. And we talked to them and came back about 20 minutes later. And they're all on their computers looking at every other company that is part of this organization and going, well, we can talk to them about this product. We can talk to them. About- so it was very interesting. Like they looked at it as a complete positive uh, thing. Yeah. How many employees do you have? About 60. Okay. 
So yeah, yeah that's a, a big group of people to have to tell, Hey, we're, we're joining ships with a bunch of others. Yeah. It also made the uh, logistics a lot of fun because uh, we run 24 hours a day. So trying to show up at six in the morning when night shift is coming on to day shift and trying to make uh, fuck everybody individually was a lot of fun. So <laughs> with our schedule. So how are you going to celebrate? How am I going to celebrate? Well, you know me, man, I'm, I go crazy. Um, I know. That's what I want to know. It, I, how are you doing? Yeah. I think, uh, I think I had a, a dinner plan. That was it. Honestly, I, I think, yeah, I'm not going to do anything too crazy. Everybody's like, what are you going to do? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm just, well, you got to go on out. some, you got to go on some trip to like bookmark yeah. it. Right. True. We're doing one this fall. It's like a honeymoon. A Again, marriage. You, you had a honeymoon <laughs> to like exactly staple it in. Exactly. So now we're talking about, I think we're going to do, um, in October, my wife and I, and we're heading over to Greece for, um, about 12 days. That'd be fun. Um, yeah. Part of it's with ourselves just for part of it. And then we're meeting up with one of my best friends. He's in the oil and gas industry. He's meeting us over there, him and his wife, my sister, um, who lives in Miami, her and her and her husband are going and then other friends from uh, Canada as well are coming. So it'll be a lot of fun. We've rented a house in Crete for a week over there too. So oh, that'll be a cool. lot of fun. Yeah. So I'm, that'll probably be the one celebration I'll do. So nothing else really planned. So you're just hanging point. out in Crete or are you guys using Crete as like your, your travel center? I'm gonna, uh, we're just hanging out there for a week Okay. at the end. So my sister's coming over there doing some other trips on either end. My buddy's going into Germany on the front and tail end. So we're all going to get together and we rented a house in, um, in Crete for a week, just all hang out and eat some good food. And we'll probably rent a boat and just hang out on the water and just enjoy life for a week. So we didn't get any of those trashy Airbnbs like you get though. This one's actually <laughs> legit. Like <laughs> nothing's catching on fire in the house. We hope anyhow, but. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. As, as some people listening might know the, uh, the list of Airbnb experiences is quite entertaining. <laughs> oh, it is. <laughs> So yeah, so just on the on the acquisition side, yeah, it's just it carries on the long term viability of the company and the vision that we grew. So their big thing is decisive is hey, you guys grew the company, continue growing it. So it's uh it's pretty cool to be part of a group like that. So that's awesome. Yeah, right on. So I heard you had a little uh, encounter on your vacation last week. <laughs> I you must honestly. If anybody knows this, Matt must have the weakest shoulders in the in all of the pork industry. Like, you would you hurt your one shoulder? I got a call from Abe, and he was joking with me. He said you blew your shoulder while playing cornhole right before your wedding, but that wasn't <laughs> the true story. Yeah, I kid you and not. So, he, he he starts telling people that I tore my. So last year I was benching, and just completely tore my left pec off yeah. the bones, the pectoral major. Um, and he goes around telling people it's cornhole. I kid you not. I was at world pork and bill even walks up and goes, so I hear you hurt yourself playing cornhole. And I'm like, how the hell is this transferring this quickly to the industry? And then I realized that he told you and I'm like, okay, that that's how it got moving. (laughs) I don't know if I was one of the, he goes, Matt's getting married. Did you hear what he did? I'm like, what happened? (laughs) And then, so, and then last week, what happened? We're on, so we're on vacation and I'm wakeboarding and first ride. I kid you not, the first ride. I love to wakeboard, 
And I had eight days on a lake with family. And I'm like, okay, like I am going to get my fill for the summer. My very first ride, I go far out in the wake, jump, clear the wake, land. And about four or five foot later, the board, the board starts to get a little ahead of me. So I reach back my arm, grab the water and it freaking ripped my arm off. And so, uh, turned out that it tore the other side pectoral major tendon off the bone. And so I'm meeting with the surgeon and I'm asking him, I said, okay, is there something I'm doing wrong nutritionally here? He's like, no, actually like from a muscle structure, you actually have really good, healthy muscle structure there. You must just genetically have poor pectoral tendons. <laughs> I'm like, thank you, mom and dad. And so the, the real fun of the story though was afterwards. So the first time I took, tore my pec, uh, when, when that kind of injury happens, there's a lot of blood flow internal, right? So you'll bruise very heavily in your, in your shoulder and your arm, uh, but you don't really see it and your body will go through an adrenaline shock. And so the first time it was just kind of a, a cooling sensation and like, okay, wow, I feel a little lightheaded and then it was gone. Well, this time, and I swear I only had one beer up until this point, <laughs> but I'm sitting, I'm sitting on the boat and it's 15 minutes later and people are asking how I'm doing. And I'm like, you know, it hurts, but it's not, it's not nearly as bad as the last one. And then I'm like, guys, I'm feeling a little nauseous. Oh no. And so I get up and I walk to the back, drink some water. And I'm like, guys, I can't see. <laughs> and it was it was totally like a movie where like you see somebody going completely from clear vision to just slowly fading out and then i was oh like I, I i can't see anything and i they said i had a smile on my face and i was talking about it like it was just like this weird experience i'm like wow this is unique and then i passed out and apparently oh that's when everything went south as i passed out People thought I was screwing around and then they realized that my arms started to shake and it looked like I was going into a seizure. Uh, luckily I had an aunt that was a nurse on the bus and she's like, she, she got everybody up and it was all very serious and they were trying to wake me up. She's, she's beating my chest, checking pulse and all this stuff. People are freaking out. Um, it wasn't a seizure, but uh, I'm still passed out. Apparently it's like three minutes or something that I'm oh, wow. passed out. And I wake up and there's puke all over my legs. <laughs> and so, so me, I mean, I went into this blackout very positive with a very positive, uh, um, mindset. And I woke up and I looked down and I look at him and go, did I puke on myself? <laughs> I have a smile. And my wife looks at me and goes, yes, now shut up and listen to everything we tell you. And I look at her and I'm confused. And she's like, it was really bad. <laughs> <laughs> So, so we got up and they're like, do we need to go to the ER? And I'm like, no, we don't need to go to the ER. There's nothing they can do about a torn shoulder. Like I'm going to have to get an MRI. It's a process. And like, I had been through it and I knew the feeling and I'm like, this is likely that. And so I uh, went and laid down for a half hour and ended up being fine. Uh, found out yesterday that it was torn all the way off the bone. I got to get surgery next week uh, for it. So that's another six month recovery again, which, which should be a lot of fun. But, uh, that week, because I knew like once it screwed, it screwed, I, I was still, was still shooting flamethrowers and playing paintball and 
<laughs> I had to play paintball left-handed though. And that was kind of, kind of difficult, but I was going to say, did it improve your, your accuracy? <laughs> it did not improve my accuracy, but I'm pretty sneaky. So I might shoot the least, but I'll be able to sneak behind you and get you from six foot away. And next thing you know, it's pop, pop, pop. And you got welts all over your back, but uh, so, I had a ton of fun. So it was still a good vacation. Very relaxing. I just didn't yeah. get to do the water sports. I was hoping. No kidding. Oh man. So the moral of the story is you're no longer in your twenties and maybe you should uh, take up something a little less. Uh... <laughs> well, that's a problem. I'm in my twenties and I'm doing things that are supposed oh, to be damn. healthy. <laughs> I was telling, I was telling the, the surgeon, I'm like, I keep getting hurt doing the things that are supposed to help like be healthy. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. So, that sucks. <laughs> not healthy, but apparently those muscle or the, those tendons for that muscle. Yeah. Um, so, so is this just a way for you to not have to carry all the stuff into trade shows now? Is this just an excuse or what is it? Apparently I told my wife, I'm like, Ooh, it looks like I don't have to clean again for a while. And she, she did not like that. She did not like that. <laughs> doesn't go over well, man. Trust me. <laughs> no, like, oh, get all the house chores I don't have to worry about now. Yeah, exactly. No. You're, you're no, at the, least this time, just, though, it's not a month before my wedding. I don't have to cancel. It's not a month before my wedding, a week before World Pork, and I don't have to cancel my uh, my bat or my uh, my honeymoon. Yeah. So, oh my god. Less in the way this time. No kidding. Holy smokes. <laughs> the Abe Abe actually he uh, he has been doing some work here lately on a, on a partnership with uh, with Swineworks. I don't know if you saw yeah. that. Yeah, I saw that. I was going to ask you how that's going. Yeah, so that's going to be pretty cool. He uh, he connected with them and basically said, you have all of these employees that you're training and bringing up to the States to work with a lot of producers that we work with. Often what that means is the manager or someone on our team goes into the farm and, and kind of does another training. But what if we actually had an official certification before they even got to the States. And so the moment they hopped in the farm, they knew exactly how to visualize the flow and plug in and, mm-hmm. and execute tasks. And, uh, and so that's been kind of cool, still a work in progress, but we released that last week and we'll see where that goes, but he's been working pretty hard that, on that. Yeah. That would cut down on like training time and everything yeah. in a company. Well, like, I mean, when you hire employees, there's already that onboarding time because you yeah. need them to get familiar with your processes, but yeah. with pig flow and this, they basically would walk in the farm and plug right into your processes and you wouldn't have to worry about some of the, uh, the oddities of around it. So oh, well, that's interesting. Yeah. That's one of the things that a lot of companies never think about is your assets. Your most valuable assets is your employees and turnover is probably the biggest cost anybody has because of how much time it takes to train someone, get them up to speed, everything. And if they leave, you basically lost like eight months of training, like just throw it away. Right. So that might actually speed up the process a bit. Yeah. Even in our business, that's been crazy just to think even not just turnover. Um, cause fortunately we haven't really had much of that, but the onboarding when you're growing yeah. and you need to bring somebody on just the amount of time it takes to yeah. onboard somebody. Yeah. It's, it's funny because I mean, I grew up in the swine industry managed in the swine. I, I understand the swine industry, but running your own company in the engineering area, it's, it's new. And so constantly I'll be running into troubles that I'm out there selling on. And I'm like, well, this feels hypocritical. Like <laughs> I got to improve my onboarding and my process compliance. And I'm like, I'm out there helping people do that. And I'm having the trouble as well. So I think uh, it, it really speaks to no matter 
matter what business you're in. Oh, exactly. Onboarding, retention, compliance. It's a challenge for everyone. So I was going to say, you know what, after we've talked a bunch and a couple guys in the industry have reached out to me and you always ask everybody else questions. So you're a pretty neat guy. (laughs) Nobody's ever turned the table on you and asked you questions, have they? No, nobody has. Phil wanted to, but nobody Uh, else has. I know. So I thought this would be a perfect opportunity to just kind of turn the tables on you and just ask a couple questions. Like I know enough about you uh, to make it dangerous here. I'll try not to lead you down any bad paths here. But like, I just thought, hey, you know what? Maybe I'll just reach out and uh, ask you a few questions here because uh, so we can all get to know you. I know you pretty well. You're you're a pretty smart guy. Um, I look at you as what I used to be like back in my 20s and 30s. Maybe not as a good looking model as I am. Maybe a little <laughs> smarter though, but uh, that's kind of what I look at it when, I, when I see you. So I got tons of interesting questions to ask you. So if you had to choose bourbon or beer. Oh, Ooh, depends on the mood, but probably bourbon. Nice. Favorite bourbon? Uh, favorite bourbon, the Heaven Hill Bottle and Bond. So during COVID, a buddy and I uh, basically chased bourbon. And what that means is a lot of these liquor stores get allocated bottles. Yeah. And yep. they're really hard to find, but they're not all that expensive. So you might spend 50 bucks for a bottle that if, you're finding it online, you might have to pay three or $400 for. And I was still wow. traveling. So I was running around checking all the liquor stores for him and found a lot of bottles. And so you meet a Blanton, ZH Taylor, George T. Stagg and, and Stagg Jr. And all these other good bottles, Elijah Craig. Uh, but we did a taste test and Heaven Hill Bottle and Bond, which if you're listening and you're ever driving through Morris, Illinois, you go to the Four Seasons liquor store. It's got a big green awning. They've got it. And nobody seems to have this bottle. So uh, I frequent that one quite regularly. It's like 65, 70 bucks, but it's cool. It's it's next level. I love that. Next stuff. time I'm in Illinois, I'll have to swing by and take a look at this. Oh, yeah. Find right on. So here's what's your favorite chocolate bar? Favorite chocolate bar? And if my buddy from Belgium heard my answer, he'd kill me. Uh, I, I don't know. I, so I really, I like really, really dark chocolate. Wow, Reese's peanut butter cups. I love Reese's peanut butter cups. Really? You just basically came out and said, I really, I like really good dark chocolate. <laughs> and I choose Reese's peanut butter no, cups. No, no, no. Like, I like really dark chocolate. But if I'm in a gas station and I want chocolate, I'm probably reaching for a Reese's peanut butter cup. So when you're driving, and you're traveling along, it, what's your go-to if you just pull into the gas station and grab something? Because you're going to be on the road for, I'd say, three hours. I do the same thing all the time. It's like, okay, I just walk in, grab something, and throw it in the car just so you have something to snack on for three, four hours. What do you grab? Uh, so Red Bull. I probably oh. should drink less Red Bull. But Red <laughs> <Wow>. Bull. <laughs> and uh, corn nuts. Corn nuts. That's corn funny. Nuts. Steve Stintzline, corn nuts. Every time I'm in this vehicle, it's corn nuts all the Dude, time. I, I hadn't tried corn nuts until this year. And I was on really? a flight somewhere and they gave me, oh, maybe it was last fall when I was coming back from Australia and I got corn nuts. And I was like, oh my goodness, these are really good. And uh, yeah, I will just eat, eat, eat and eat and eat corn nuts. 
So a guy from Iowa never had corn nuts before a couple of years ago. Right. I don't know. It never was a thing. My family never, I've never, I'd never heard of them, which is just crazy to me. Yeah. That I hadn't heard of them because they've been around. I told my wife, I'm like, have you heard of corn nuts? And she's like, yeah, everybody has. And I'm like, well, I had (laughs) it. Here's one for you. Worst college course you ever took. Ooh. If you want time to think about it, I can tell you mine. Yeah, I want to hear yours. Okay. So going to university, I decided that mm. I went through the whole, hey, high school aptitude. What are, you, what are you good at? I was good with numbers. I was good with all these things. I was going to be an accountant. <laughs> Year two, I take taxation. I literally sat there and I just, I didn't know what to do. It was the worst. It was basically memorizing a book of onion paper, um, tax laws. And I just sat there and went, I am done. I am officially out of accounting, transferred over, <laughs> transferred over to the marketing side of business and never took another accounting course in my life again. But taxation, I tell you a funny story. So um, hopefully this doesn't get us into trouble. So, but this tax, this tax professor, he's sitting there, he's going through it. And this guy was just so passionate about tax. And at the end, <laughs> and like, and he, I have never seen anything in my life like this. I don't even remember his name, actually. It's, oh. So we're sitting there and he starts, he goes, yeah, my wife and I went to a party. We're like, okay, over the weekend. He's telling this whole class. And we're like, okay, this is kind of weird. He goes, yeah. So I'm there. He goes, people usually don't talk to me. I'm not the life of the party. And he's talking to people and, and he starts telling his jokes, my tax jokes. I'm like, oh God, this is, this is, this was the turning tax point of this jokes. whole class. Tax jokes. So this was the turning point of me no longer taking tax and getting out of accounting. He goes, what do accountants use for birth control? I'm like, we're all like, what? He goes, they're personalities. And I just went, <laughs> and this was an account and I'm like, I am done. It was like the most random joke. Now to all my accountant friends, I'm sorry to say that. I've even told them this joke. They all laugh because they <laughs> know where it came from. So please tell me your worst course you ever I'll took. tell it to my cousin. So I think my worst course <laughs> was actually cell biology. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, so I liked Bio 1, Bio 2, Chem 1, Chem 2, Orgo 1, Orgo 2, uh, Genetics. And and I'm taking Cell Bio. Man, I was so bored. I don't know. I don't know what it was about it. But we also started the company right about that time. And I think that class might have been the uh, the inspiration to go look at something different. I was like, I need a little bit of energy in my life. Did you pass? Yeah, I passed. But oh, my goodness. That was... uh, it was such a dry class. Uh, I had another a, a bio teacher though that that wanted Abe and I to help her do tie dye. <laughs> <laughs> so you'll you'll have to. I skipped out. I skipped out. I was like, nope, nope. I'm gonna flake out on this one. So Abe was stuck doing tie dye with our professor for three and a half hours with a couple of other very goofy students. And uh, I'm like, Abe, so you gotta, you gotta wear your tie dye shirt. He goes, hell no, I didn't even bring it home. (laughs) Oh my God. Did you get extra credits for that? Yeah. I think he got extra credit. Well, next time I see Abe, I'm going to actually ask him to make me a tie dye shirt. Yeah. Ask him about, about his tie dye, his tie dye skills. (laughs) My God. That is awesome. Oh my God. So thinking, thinking back at this, what is your favorite sport? If you're just going to sit down and watch sport, what would you watch? Oh, uh, watching a sport? 
college basketball during March Madness. Yeah. Or opening week in the NFL or the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, I, I feel like those are the ones are co- college football. I love college football as a culture. Yeah. The culture of college football, but there's just such a lack of parity that you don't go into the season completely unaware of who's going to make it to the end. I think the you NFL, should. you have that in college basketball, you have that. So yeah. I, I enjoy those a little bit more. It's funny. You talk about that. Like, um, my wife, her patients will ask her home. So does your husband watch sports? And she was, yep. He watches everything. Right. And they're like, so does he watch, does he watch basketball? Does he watch college basketball? Yeah. In the playoffs. Does he watch hockey? Yeah. Mostly in the playoffs, baseball, maybe in the playoffs. So I'm a total <laughs> And then they ask her, they're kind of like, well, if he likes sports tonight, what about football? Oh yeah. It's basically football. So it's like Sunday in my house, Saturday watching college football, Sunday watching NFL. That is my life. I love watching football because every game matters, right? That, yeah. I think that's the biggest difference is you're playing baseball. It's like 160 plus games. And it's like, hey, if someone goes on a losing streak for four games, it doesn't really change much. That little bit here and there, but it's not like you go on a three-game losing streak in the NFL, you're done. College football, you lose two games, you're done. Like yeah. it's every game, everything's on the line. So that's pretty that's pretty yeah, cool. I was, so. I was very, and I still am pretty big into NASCAR too, but the guy really? I followed for the last 21 years retired. So <laughs> when I was, so it would have been year 2001. So that yeah. was actually right when Dale Earnhardt died was basically when I was watching it more. And then I picked a rookie. I said, you know, this guy, and it was Kurt Busch. I said, this guy's yeah. going to be the guy I follow. He was fun. He was out there just wrecking people and being a dick. And I'm like, this is hilarious. <laughs> and uh, he were, yeah, he retired last year. So now that I don't have somebody in the sport where yeah. you have like this childlike following towards it, I'm less into it. But yeah, I would have been a, as a kid every single Sunday. If I'm missing that, I'm, I'm angry. So, <laughs> oh man, here's one. What's your favorite hockey team? Red Wings. Really? Red Wings. Oh, yeah. Definitely the Red Wings. Yeah, I thought I was going to stump you on something like, what? what's hockey? But okay. Interesting. <laughs> oh, yeah. Can you name the originals? Oh, the original, the original hockey six? teams. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, you got Montreal, you got Toronto, you got Detroit, you got Chicago, you got New York. There you go. Yeah. Detroit. Yeah. Detroit. <laughs> I have a bunch of family in Michigan, so I've just kind of adopted the Detroit teams. I mean, I was a big Kurt Warner fan, and then he retired, and I was like, you know what? What do I? What do I do? And I'm not one to pick the good team because I don't want I don't want that reputation. So I said, you know like what? I was a Lions fan, a Pistons <laughs> yeah. fan, and a Red Wings fan, and they all suck right now. So uh, that should be fun. But going to a Lions oh, wow. game here this fall with some cousins, and oh, right on! This is the year. <laughs> yes. It's, oh man. Is there any team that you just sports team that you just completely root against? Iowa state football and <laughs> basketball <laughs> and everything. <laughs> I mean, as a university, they're really good for the state and yeah. they have really good programs, but I like to say that, you know, I'm very supportive of each of the Iowa universities. 
They're all really good schools. But when it comes to the university athletic programs, nope, 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 nope. <laughs> Iowa State can finish dead last in football, and uh, I'm not losing any sleep. <laughs> yeah, you always get some satisfaction every game they lose. They're, they're, I mean, at, at growing up, absolutely. But at some point, you need their strength of schedule to be good because it helps your team as well. Because Iowa's constantly, like, average. And so if yeah. Iowa State's good and we beat them, it helps their strength of schedule. But yeah, yeah no, there's there's probably celebrations that happen in Iowa City when Iowa State has a, a year like they did recently in basketball where I think wow. they won like six games. It was, you kind of have fun with it. But I, I love that part of the rivalry because no matter what, you're going to help the per Like it's not like the Southern rivalries where you truly no. treat people like shit. Yes. Uh, I'm going to tell you how it is. I do not like your football program or your basketball program, and I hope you lose often. But oh, yeah. if you're on the side of the road, you have a flat tire, and you're wearing an Iowa State shirt, I'm pulling over and I'm helping you. If, oh, if we're yeah. not as serious as Auburn, Alabama. I was going to uh, say, Duke, LSU, or like all of that. It's like, <laughs> yeah, if you're at like a, an LSU-Auburn game or something, it's just, it's crazy. They just, they all hate, they hate each other. You know what drives me nuts, though? The people who are like, I root for all the teams. I hope they all win. I'm like, oh, come on. Come on. Pick a side. Pick a side. <laughs> Just pick anything. It's not like me. I said, I I get um, pleasure out of watching the Dallas Cowboys lose. Yes. I get, I yes. just, I am not a Cowboys fan. I have never been. And just everything about their organization, it's the same as the Yankees in baseball. Every time it's like, yep, yeah, they made it to the playoffs and then they stink it out. It just makes me. Makes me happy, but the, the Cowboys too. Oh, you, yeah, you got to yeah, say for that. Me. So, like, I I love it when if it's a team like that, you almost need the Packers, the Cowboys, the Steelers to be relevant. Yep. And then I like to see them screw it up the last week of the season and miss the playoffs. <laughs> right, because then everyone's talking about, oh, this is the Cowboys year, and then they screw it up again, and then they go through three months of just yep. humiliation. Just, just so you know. Every year is the Cowboys year. Every year is the Cowboys year. <laughs> I had a, uh, a, oh, I can't remember what podcast I was listening to. I think I was listening to Colin Cowherd. And he was talking to a group and they were saying that, uh, so Philadelphia, right? One of the worst, I like the Eagles uh, yeah. as an organization. I think they're fun, but they apparently egg buses as they come into the stadium and so this, the whole line, those be throwing eggs at the bus. And Sean Payton, he was a guest, and he said that their team would actually feel crappy about themselves. Like it actually got to them that they'd pull really? in and the bus would just be pelted and they'd be all sworn at and called names. And so Sean Payton, the next season, painted a big target on the side of the bus as like, like come on and hit us got everybody riled up and excited and like, yeah, hit us, come at us and uh, threw the Philadelphia fans off of it. And, and so I, I think there's just a lot of those things that come from rivalries yeah, from aggressive fan bases that make sports fun. You can obviously yeah. go too far, but this, uh, this whole, Oh, we should, we should all root for each other. That, that kills sports. It does. <laughs> it's, it's not sport anymore. No. So imagine a NASCAR race and we all just tie. We all just tie. Yeah. We all just tie. Yeah. Watch Ford versus Ferrari and tell me how you feel at the end of that movie, right? With that race. Oh, <laughs> oh boy. No kidding. <laughs> no kidding. And here's one for you. 
I'll ask you one last question. Who's your favorite actor? Favorite actor. So I like watching Matthew McConaughey in his more serious roles. But I'd probably have to say Christian Bale. Interesting. So Christian Bale, I feel like he play he can play any role. Like him in the big short, the fighter, uh, the prestige, yeah. like he, Batman, like the guy can do everything and he goes all in. So I have a, I feel like if I'm putting on a movie and Christian Bale is the actor, it's going to be good. So um, what you're saying is you're a, you're a Matthew McConaughey fan at like the, in his, you're not a fan of him in his rom-com time. You're, I don't know. In, How to lose a guy in 10 days is pretty freaking funny. And, uh, like, I don't know, maybe I shouldn't say not, or maybe in a serious role. It's just lately in his serious roles. He's been really, really good. good. But just his whole career is very fascinating. Him as an individual book, green lights. I was going to say, did you read that? Yeah. Yeah, Listen to it on audible because he reads it. The guy's just a very good speaker and, uh, very articulate. Uh, went did a study abroad in Australia when he was in high that school. Was, lived with a random family in the middle of nowhere. Like you, you got to read this book. Oh, got arrested because his neighbors now. complained about his bongo drums while he was naked in his living room. Like they're just funny stories. But Russell Crowe oh, that, that way. Russell Crowe used to be. If it's a Russell Crowe movie, it's gonna be good with Gladiator or, or yeah. uh, Cinderella Man. It just felt like whatever he was doing is good. And then he he tailed off a bit. But yeah, yeah that's my answer. That's it. Nice. Yeah. Well, this is pretty good. I'm excited to see what happens over the next couple of months with you and your transition. I'm yeah. sure here when we do this again in a month, we'll have some pretty cool updates to talk about. I'll be post-surgery. So we'll see if I, uh, if I'm a diva about it or if I can handle it like last time and, and keep moving. I, it's going to fit right early enough where I can still make my North Carolina trip. So we'll be doing that post-surgery and, and see how it goes. Well, my interesting part is I'll talk to your wife before and actually I'll get the true story and then listen to your story and see which one melts with which one here, which one's the truth. <laughs> I was giving her a list. I was like, ooh, since we're married now and you said you want to help me, here's some of the things I'm going to need. And she's like, well, the, the, this is pretty specific. <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, I want food from here and here. <laughs> she's like, I guess I did tell you I was going to do whatever you needed that day. I'm like, okay, here we go. <laughs> So I got, I, awesome. I'm going to have her helping me. So that should make it, make it, uh, make it good. Just remember payback. That's the I know. You have to remember. I know every time she's sick and I, and even when I helped her, when she had her wisdom teeth, uh, she's very big diva, but it, make, it makes it kind of funny. So even though she, she, she gets to a point where she's such a diva when she's sick, that it's actually humorous and I'm happy. I'm happy to help of course. But, uh, I might have to act it up a bit and uh, give her a bit of a hard time. Make sure she doesn't listen to this. Yeah. (laughs) Well, hey, thank you everybody for listening. This uh, concludes this new and unique episode of the Popular Pig Podcast. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Popular Pig. We aspire to learn and grow together through the experience and wisdom shared by our esteemed guests. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends and colleagues within the swine industry. For more information, please go to popularpig.com to receive updates when new episodes are available. Popular Pig is brought to you by SwineTech, the award-winning creators of SmartGuard and PigFlow. 
To learn how PigFlow can help you streamline your workforce and reduce piglet and sow deaths, visit swinetechnologies.com.